It's time for faith and life to connect. I first go before God, working on who and what I am before Him and what He's calling me to be as a husband. Where our Christian walk meets our day-to-day life. Dealing with that baggage can mean anything from delaying the marriage to dealing with the baggage. For sure. And where it's okay to laugh a little. Meaningless days, I look at. <laughs> I'm looking at meaningless days and live happily with the woman you love, and I'm trying to figure out how they wind up in the same set. <laughs> We're not saying that the marriage is meaningless. Heaven forbid we say. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that. This is The Session with Tom Russell from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries. What triggers your potential spouse? And that you guys both agree, yeah, they are triggers, and it is, as we grow, something we have to work through. But we're going to give you sort of the grace and space to do that. Good morning. It is time for Faith and Life to Connect here on the new Shine FM and on the podcast network at shinefmohio.com. I am Scott here with Tom Russell from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries for the session. Yes. How are we doing, partner? Hey, we're doing good. All right. We are off celebrating dads today. So we're celebrating yes. you and I. That's right. Just just you and I, none of the other ones. Just uh, yeah. uh, No, we're here celebrating all fathers on this week uh, before Father's Day, and I uh, hope you do have something planned to celebrate Dad in whatever form or fashion you know, works right. for your family. I'm excited about this weekend and what it, it might involve. I'm yeah. sure golf is involved somewhere, somehow, knowing <laughs> you and Kathy. <laughs> all right, before we dive into five important keys for fathers on Father's Day, we turn to God's Word, Tom. Well, and Scott, let's do that. This is Paul's writings in Ephesians 6, verse 4. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. Scott, when we provoke them to anger, it is as if we absolutely immediately shut them down and we begin to close their spirits against us as dads and so the very things we want them to know and learn they're not going to be interested because they're so inside hurt yeah i don't want to hear anything from the old man yeah no all right so today a very special show first of all that it's father's day celebration That's but right. these important keys for fathers on father's day come directly from the king of the cranium <laughs> <laughs> they come directly from Tom. A lot of times we use other resources to right. collect material to talk about, but this time these are straight from you. So I'm guessing there may be some stories involving your kids in here as well as we go through this well, today. That's true. Yeah. And so maybe I, we could also frame it in things that I embraced as a father and what was important to me to do for our children. All right. Let's dive into these five. The first one I think is pretty standard for a dad to be a role model inside the house but then there's the other part of this you say here and the community well that's true so as we are a role model at home scott what are our children seeing and not saying there's so much that happens when the front door closes and you're in the house and are you the same person as you are out in the community do you have more anger at home than you do out there do do you have paint one picture in your public self out outside of the home and then in the home, your private self is is angry. I have always believed you don't have a choice in whether you are or aren't a role model. Your choice is what kind? What kind are you gonna be? What do you want your children to be thinking? What do you want your children to do when they become adults based on what they saw you do as dad? Make no mistake, they are watching. There's a number of things, Scott, that I think would, would be helpful to show our children. 
that we should demonstrate to the children how we as husbands love our wives. How do we treat them? And they should be able to see how much we love our wives and, you know, the playful smooching, hugging in front of them is done also for their own, the kids' own edification, that they see that and they know that that's important and it's appropriate. And it's especially useful on grandchildren. Okay. All right. You've seen yeah, that. Yeah, Al- Allison sees us smooch and she just goes, ew. Yeah. <laughs> just so your wife doesn't go, ooh, if well, you Well, that's another story for another time. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Yeah. So it, it also provides security. The hidden message is, if dad loves mom, he must love me too. That goes back to, isn't it hierarchy of needs to feel, the first thing is to feel safe? Right there, yeah. And along with having provision, food, unless that is a stable force in a, in a young person's life, they won't grow and mature the way they could. I like the verse you've got with this time out of Ephesians 5. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. It's in Ephesians 5, 25, Scott. But what is so important is when you stop and think about how Jesus loved the church, as Jesus loved the church, opens up all kinds of ways that we can love our wives and we can love our families. Talk about role models. How did he love the church? Well, whose feet got washed? Oh, he washed the disciples' feet. So he was a servant. We all know that he was a sacrificial leader also because he went to the cross. So there are two primary fundamentals that we can begin to start talking about. And we will talk more about being a servant leader coming up here in just a couple of minutes. So number two in the five important keys for fathers on Father's Day, straight from the king of the cranium, number two is to spend quality and quantity of time with your children. And I just feel like we need to identify what quality time is. Well, and that's true. And the interesting and funny part of it is, Scott, we probably could have a lot of different definitions that would enable us to do our own thing. Yeah. Is quality time sitting with your family watching SportsCenter? I'm not sure. I don't think I've watched SportsCenter for years. Right. But quality time might involve, I I remember when our children were young, uh, we would be out playing baseball in the backyard. Some of the stories, what's really exciting is to see how, how I taught our sons to catch and throw was this confidence building exercise or, or, or fun activity that we'd stand six feet apart and, and play catch. If they were successful in catching and throwing, we'd take a step back. And we'd take a step back. As long as they caught it and threw it to me successfully, we w- they would continue to step back. If they missed it, they missed throwing it to me, or they dropped the ball, they'd take a step toward me. They missed again, they'd take another step toward me. So we ebbed and flowed right where their confidence level was. Uh We weren't sitting in the middle of, or sitting in the family room watching TV at that point. Now, could that extend then to maybe you and your son are huge Indian fans, and you can sit and watch a game together and talk about the players and talk about the strategy and that kind of thing. Well, true. That probably primarily would focus on basketball and, and golf. Yeah. <laughs> well, in, in quality time, what's, what's interesting, here in the last couple of years, since all of my sons enjoy the game of golf, 
we have done this, our version of fantasy golf, where we would pick our team for the major uh, tournaments. Like coming up this weekend is the U.S. Open. Yeah. So there's an app where you can, and it's like you buy your players. You've got X amount of dollars to spend, like $60,000, and you pick five or six players. The idea here is whoever has the lowest score, their team wins. Oh, nice. So it gives us something to talk about. We we end up uh, texting each other and, and about what's happening and who's who's winning and why'd you pick him and oh you picked that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw him double bogey five. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so so those kinds of things are really fun with basketball. Well, two of our sons, Jason and, and David, both are absolute basketball fans now nandine being a football wrestler he wasn't so crazy about yeah. basketball but he chimes in he so, tries yeah so, <laughs> so that's kind of an idea of what quality time is now we have talked about this idea before and you could do an entire show on it for sure an important key is dads get into your child's world don't drag them kicking and screaming into yours that is so critically important you know i began to think about my own childhood with my dad. And I think one of the reasons we did not connect was because he did try to drag me into his world. I, I think a great example was he wanted me to hunt. Well, well, Scott, I'm one of those hunters that poor Bambi, you know, if she got shot, I would do the grief counseling with her family. <laughs> <laughs> and my dad wanted me to hunt. Well, I think I was in junior high and, and back then, you know, I, I was looked a lot like a pencil. Yes. About six foot pencil, you know, and I'm really thin and there's nothing to me. Well, so we went out one time and he wanted me to shoot a shotgun. There was an uh, old nest in a tree over. He says, shoot at that, that nest. Well, I aimed that direction. I th- want to say it was north. <laughs> I pulled the trigger and I was flying south. <laughs> <laughs> You did not set your base correctly. Apparently not. No. There wasn't enough for me to... <laughs> there was enough of a base to set. And that was the end of it. And so, but that's an example of, let's get into their world. I've often said, I learned a whole lot about gymnastics and, and soccer because I got into my children's world. Right. If your kids really are different from your interests, like my dad enjoyed working on cars. Yeah. I couldn't stand looking at cars. Right. But how do you, if, if you wind up with that diametrically opposed, how can you then kind of bridge that gap? It brings up another story. Usually it, Saturday lunch, mom would announce, uh, boys, dad is going to be out in the garage working on the cars. He would like you to come out and watch or help. One time. It only took one time. Well, I went out, and if we handed him the wrong wrench... We might have been wearing it, uh-huh. crescent across the forehead. You know, it doesn't look very appealing, nor would it feel very good. And that was it. It was like, I don't want to have anything to do with it. The next time mom would say that at, at lunch, it was a message to my brother and I, get out of here. Get, get <laughs> yeah. a, Find something else to do. Be, yeah. So, but here's my point. My point is, it wasn't safe. 
It right. wasn't safe to be with dad to do that. So if we're going to help our sons and we want them in our world or we want to get into their world and we want the experience to be good, it has to be safe. It has to be something that, that they would look forward to. Oh, man, I want to, I want to do that. So it really depends on what your goal is. As an example, mowing the yard. What's your goal? Is your goal to have Kingwood Center in, in the front yard, in the yard, and that's, you know, like a, a, as good as it gets? Or is your goal to teach your child how to mow? Well, that means it may not be top of the shelf, but you're developing a relationship. If he only hears about his mistakes, he's not going to have, have the interest. So I think that's is really important stuff. You have an interesting comment here from Focus on the Family that the average family spends 49 hours a week in front of the TV and 39 minutes right. in meaningful conversation. Yeah. And as a therapist, that's got to absolutely break your heart. It does. It really does. And so what, what happens then is relationships distance themselves. They're not as close. And so there are things going on in the world of each relationship, for each party in the relationship, where they end up not connecting. They're not talking, so they don't know that the other person may be struggling with this or having issue with this. So what stops a person, what paralyzes a person from communicating more in that relationship? Thus, we talk about the communication highway. Scott, I am so impressed. Way to go, Scott. Which means we also are celebrating success that you have there. And, and because the whole idea, one of the main reasons people get on the highway, period, whether it's Lexington Avenue or it's Logan Road or it's Cook Road, whatever road, is because it's a, a degree of safety to it. If you didn't trust that when you got out on the road, you were going to be safe, you wouldn't do it. Well, communication, the communication highway is exactly the same thing. If you're not safe in that relationship, you're not going to do a lot. You're not going to travel on that highway. Oh, no, that's way too dangerous, man. Those head-on collisions, I've had enough of them. That's probably part of the reason why. But also, it's real easy to get hooked on a series of TV shows you know, years ago, watching a sitcom, to me, you know, there were some that, that I, I probably really liked. But anymore today, when, when you read statistics like, in order to have a, a successful sitcom, the sitcom has to basically break a number of the Ten Commandments. Right. I think in three to five commandments that they break. And people are sitting there absorbing that and they're not having quality time together. And then they're normalizing ungodly behavior. That's right. Like, this is fine. What's, the, what's your problem? And, I, you know, funny thing is, is I've gotten older. I'm seeing that now. Uh -huh. And I'm getting to the point where I point it out right. to the girls. And I'm like, so we're, we just normalize this behavior by watching this show. Or they're trying to normalize this behavior by forcing this into this show. Yeah. Yep. And then I why are we watching it? Exactly. Think about the number of people who have grown up, were born and grown into young adulthood who have never seen or known anything different than these kinds of TV shows. Right. And, and when you think about the overwhelming impact 
that media has on children. Some would say it's the number one influencer of children. Now, that's a scary thought. That, and that is. That's terrifying. We're talking about five important keys for Fathers on Father's Day today in the session. And number three is to earn their respect. Respect is earned, not demanded. And, and this speaks back to how you grew up. Yeah. I grew up with, do as I say, not as I do. I knew if I made a comment about that, it would not be pleasant. It would that be, doesn't end well for Tom. Yeah, it's going to be traumatic one way or another. <laughs> so I would think it, but I wouldn't say it. I'm like, yeah, really? I'm supposed to go with that? That allows you to do whatever you please, and I'm the one who has to suck it up. I'm the one who has to change it, and just because you're telling me this? No, no. Yeah. That's not going to float. And then we wonder why kids rebel. Yeah, for sure. They see it, they learn it. It reminds me of one story and it's so close to my heart that before we would go on a trip in the car, before we left the driveway, we would pray for God's protective hedge around our trip. Well, you know, back in those days, we had the Chevy Chase vacation. (laughs) Station wagon. (laughs) Yeah, wood sides and the (laughs) luggage rack on top kind of thing. Long story short, our son was going from Minnesota to back to Boston, he had forgot something. That's our son. <laughs> God bless him. He comes by it naturally, but I forget who. Yeah, forget <laughs> who. <laughs> Anyhow, he forgets it. They're in the car praying, and his mother-in-law, future mother-in-law, sees it and brings it out to them. And here, they were praying before they left. I thought, praise the Lord. There, there was an example. I never told him he needed to do that. Right. But it's something he learned that he saw. Exactly. And since he experienced it and saw the value of it, he embraced it. Nice. Yeah, that's good stuff. Number four, we touched on it earlier, be a servant leader. Which is where you know we were talking about with Jesus. Jesus got up from the meal. This is out of John 13, 4 and 5. Took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his his waist and after that he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples feet drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him so he was the servant he was the one helping them how humbling for our our savior to do something like that and he's demonstrating servant leadership to them and demonstrating to us how that servant leadership should look as a parent that's true yeah, an interesting comment below that, Tom. Help around the house. Sports Center can be DVR'd. Yes. You can record that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> In this day and age, that's really a good thing that if there's something you really want to watch, you can DVD it. Our tradition is becoming, we've been going to Cup and Cone on Sunday afternoon. We take Kathy's mother uh-huh. and have an ice cream to support Cup and Cone. And it the golf tournament was going on. It was going into extra holes, and we're pushing the time to get there. So I, I just hit record, and we recorded it, and I watched it when we got back. We and got, what'd you miss? Really? Nothing. Exactly. You gained quality time with mom. And I gained my ice cream, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, there are priorities, yeah. and yeah. then there yes, absolutely. Your children's needs are very, very important. I think it's we need to remember that. They, they feel loved. Right. This almost goes back to how does your wife feel when you when you celebrate her? 
Right. You know, this goes to, your, goes to your kids, too. They feel cherished. They feel loved. They feel honored. That's right. The celebration of success, I think, has a place to actually be a parenting strategy for how to raise your children. If you focus on that, they're going to be driven to want to experience the celebration because they like how it feels. And the attention they get is not being lectured. It's not painful. They're going to remember the celebrations and that's going to have an incredible impact on them as parents. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Here we are. Number five. Which is. Be their number one cheerleader. Yes. Remember, eight top emotional needs are met when we celebrate a person. It is the celebration of success that motivates a person and takes them to the next level of growth. So eight top emotional needs are met. That's like water to a plant and putting it in the sun. That that child will grow as they feel celebrated. They'll feel appreciated. They'll feel accepted and approved of and affirmed as a person. In the book written by Dr. John Trent and Gary Smalley, The Gift of the Blessing, how huge that is that we as dads pass that on to our, our children because that will launch them into life with hope, a vision, and success. And all we're doing is celebrating success and watering the plant. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Beautiful. All right, Tom, we've we've come to, we got through all five of them. Amazing. A thing of celebration in and of yes. itself. Yes. <laughs> See what happens when we cut it down from 10 to 5? It works. <laughs> <laughs> but, Tom, we also know that there are folks that are struggling with this idea. Home life was not good for them, so it may not be good for their children. Right. And uh, if someone wants to find out more about you to set up a conversation, where can they go online to find you? Well, Scott, it's HeritageChristianCounselingMinistries.com. And you can uh, see the show notes. You'll be able to see these five important keys if you came in in the middle on the podcast network at ShineFMOhio.com. 